Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Jennifer LaRue, She is currently based in Toronto and has had the opportunity to work with and volunteer throughout the world. She's also the founder of Citrine Synergy, and you can find more about that and what she's up to at CitrineSynergy.com. So go there. And if you missed the last episode that we did, go back, get yourself caught up. We'll still be here when you get back. We had a great conversation in the last episode, and we're going to pick it up right now. Jennifer, welcome back. Thanks, Mario. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you back. I want to talk a little bit about right out of the gate. Let's just get started so we don't waste any time. Um, <laughs> let's talk about you know starting your own company. Citrine Synergy, you started your own company. And I wanted to ask you, because you've worked with big companies in the past, such as GE, some banks, things of that nature. Did you ever say, wake up one morning and say to yourself, I need to be an entrepreneur, or I want to have my own company, or is it something that just sort of happened through circum- or through happenstance? It's definitely something, it's a bit of both. It's definitely something that happened through happenstance. I don't think anyone who listens to the news doesn't know that the last company I worked for, GE, had been going through some troubles and it changed a lot, especially up here in Canada. So I kind of was given the choice of move to the States or stay in Canada and I, I needed to stay in Canada for personal reasons. So I chose that route. But then it was the question of, do I go work for another big company or do I start my own shop? And it was really just the thing where if I'm going to do it, if I don't do it now, I'm never, I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to start my own shop. And also I, you know, I believe in trying things and it might not be perfect at the start. And I'm even within a year on my second iteration of my company. So being okay with it, not being perfect or being a hundred percent successful right off the bat is the toughest thing when you're an entrepreneur, because it takes time and you need to have patience. And between you and me, don't tell anyone. I'm. That's not my strong point. Is patience. So, it's been it's been a journey. Really, I couldn't. I wouldn't have been able to tell. I thought you're. I so know. Just like go with the flow, laid back, relaxed. I am. I am all of those things and not patient, which is so <laughs> confusing for everyone in my life. Yeah. So you said that you're on your second iteration of your company. When you say that, do you mean like you launched something and then you tweaked it, made some changes, made if it were, did you like try something and was like, this ain't it, I'm going to do something else. I'm going to recreate it from the ground up. It was the, the try something and tweak it. And part of the tweaking happened because of that wonderful word COVID, which I'm sure comes up all the time. Um, but my, one of my biggest strengths, and I can't wait to get back to doing this is 
I'm going to call corralling. No, I mean facilitating large groups of people and creating a conversation. It's the thing I love more than anything. And it's just not possible right now. So I've had to more so refine what I'm doing to be more virtual and one-on-one as well as really target my audience in a better way and really realize what gives me energy if I'm going to do the more targeted work, which was working with early to mid-career professionals. I don't like saying the word millennials, but really that's what I mean um, when I'm talking about those individuals. Tell us how much you love millennials. I love millennials. I love them. I I think they have a bad rap. I think we have to give them more credit than than most people do. I think they are innovative and creative and they just want to make a better future. On the flip side, I think, and I'm going to say we because I hate, I'm the reluctant millennial. We have to realize that we have to pay our dues in order to get there. Now, things will probably change for us a lot quicker, but we still need to learn the foundation of what we are doing before we can make those innovative changes. If you could teach every millennial in the world one lesson right now and it would like download to their brains and they would have it, what would that be? Oh my, that, that is an evil question. <laughs> an evil question. I, I'm going to say something so horrible and it's from a show, Younger. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's about, okay, it's about a woman who's 40 and she pretends to be like 26. So she pretends to be a menu, millennial. And a woman asks her, why should I hire you? And she responds with, because I'm not special. And she got the job. And the thing is, is everyone is special. I'm not trying to say that you're not special, but I'm saying you have to remember that we are all part of a team. And yes, what you bring to the team is unique, but there are tons of people like you out there. So you have to really realize what makes you stand out, not just assuming that it's there and you don't have to work for it. Hmm. That's interesting. Let's talk about that a little more. Great. So, so everyone's special, but they're not special. Yeah. I mean, I the, everyone's special because they're because they are uniquely themselves, and everything that they bring to the table comes through a unique set of filters and experiences and all of those things. Yeah. However, the function that they need to perform or the task they need to get done typically isn't all that special, right? Is that kind of yeah? A, a way that's of kind of what I'm like, yeah, like everyone, you know, everyone can find a way to be an assistant, you know, if they're just starting out, Mm -hmm. everyone can likely do that job. You will bring your special flavor to it. You'll probably do it in a little bit different way, but the ultimate goal of what's going to happen is always going to be that ultimate goal. So you just have to remember that there's probably a lot of other people that can do your job. So you need to, you know what, it's more, we need to create a little humility is really what I'm coming Mm -hmm. down to. We need to understand, to be humble, to understand that it is not about us. It is, we add to what is going on, but it is not about us, is is probably the better lesson after that question. It, I go back and my mind tends to, when we talk about topics like this, go back to that Einstein quote that says, anyone can take something simple and complicate it, but it takes a genius to take something complicated and make it simple. And mm-hmm. the reason I think of that is because like, let's say when you said, when you first get started as an, as a hungry uh, employee or someone who's hungry at the bottom yeah. and you want to get to the top, you know, the more it, your first instinct, I guess, would be to show how valuable you are, show how you know much you can do or how unique you can make this. But the problem then becomes if you do it so uniquely well that no one else can do it, you'll never get bumped up because no one else will be able to replace you for you to go to exactly. the next level. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, if you do something so unique that no one else can do it, 
what's going to happen if you one day can't do it or you want to do something different that oppor- exactly that opportunity is never going to happen because they can't switch what you're doing and so it's not about what you're doing but it's how what you're doing fits into what everyone else is doing so it makes sense and you're putting the puzzle together as a team one of the biggest things and i have some experience in this because when i was in the restaurant world i uh, my biggest goal was to become a sous chef where i was and that was like that's management right you yeah. you graduate from cooking every single day you still cook every single day but you do it from the management perspective you're in charge of all the production of making sure all the cooks are doing what they're supposed to be doing and you're hitting all the deadlines all that stuff so i wanted to get there and it took me about 2 three years, three and a half years to get there. It took a while and I had to work my way up through every station of the kitchen to get to that point. But what was interesting was the station that I was at, that I was working or the position that I held before getting promoted into management was the most difficult in the kitchen. And so it was very, I was working so much because they didn't have anyone else that could do that at that time. So even though I got promoted because the person above me left, I still had to do my old job with a new title for like yeah. six months while I've, we found someone and trained someone that could actually take over. So yeah. it was cool that I got the title, but I didn't get to actually do the job until six months after I was brought in because of the complexity of the job before. Yeah. So that to me makes me think like, look, if you can make it simpler, yeah, you're more disposable. But if you want to move up, you have to let go of what you have to grab onto the next rung, right? Yeah, no, I think that whole quote about what you can make it simple and also we understand what's complex to us. Like we, if we talk about something complex, we totally get what we're talking about. No one else is going to get it. No one else is going to understand. So if you can simplify that, you know, you probably had you not been in the most complex job in the, in the kitchen, you might've been able to pass off some of that work to other people so you could move up quicker. But because it was so complex, there was a longer waiting period where you just had the title, but not the work. So the simpler you can make things, and it it's kind of it's counterintuitive because you want to feel so value and valuable and complexity feels valuable. Simplicity, however, even though it's it's counterintuitive, is far more valuable than making things overly complex because otherwise no one can be on your team or wants to be on your team. How do you keep things simple? Is there something in your day that you can think of that you know, you looked at and you simplified and it makes your life easier. I am a big believer in doing something and sleeping on it. So you can go back to it and just simply going, how can I make this simpler? Or how can I make this clearer? Or the other thing is, is if, if I'm going to talk about something or do something, I talk about it and do some that thing. If I'm like, if I'm making a video for my YouTube channel, it's usually the 10th take that I actually put out there not because my first take wasn't good, but because it was too long or it was too complex. So by listening to myself talk about something, I naturally understand what I'm trying to say better and I can naturally simplify it. So it's by doing things more than once, taking time in between what you're doing with it and also leverage your resources, leverage your network because if somebody in your close circle doesn't understand you, people who don't know you will definitely not understand you. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting in this conversation that when we say make something simple, that doesn't take away from the final product. We don't mean mm-hmm. to, you know, to dumb it down or to take away from it. We mean, if you can make it simpler, you can streamline something while keeping the integrity of the finished product. Yeah. That's where it becomes valuable. Because like, for instance, I was just thinking, if you're a heart surgeon, 
you may not want to make things cut some steps out, make things simpler just to get the operation done faster. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's a good example, but that's where my mind went and was like, how do you make that simpler? Well, maybe there's some other things you can do from that position, yeah. such as how you treat your staff or how you bring your team together or, you know, how you hand the tools throughout the table or whatever it may be. I don't know. I'm not a surgeon, but you know, there are very complicated things that as long as it doesn't affect the end product, you can probably make the process better. I also think like you look at some of the most complicated things in the world, like flying an airplane or doing surgery, and they have simple things like checklists yeah. that help them get it done. So they find ways to simplify a process. So they make sure that the complex things that have to happen is simple for them to go from step A to B to C. Whereas if they didn't have the checklist, they'd always have to remember what they had to do next. So there's way to simplify it. The other thing is, is like just testing things out, testing things and being okay with failure. Um, another great example, that's good in most of the cases. I worked at GE, GE makes airplane engines. I'd always joke when I was teaching this, I'd be like, okay, but you guys that work in aviation, I don't want you testing out airplane engines because I fly and I don't want to fall from the sky. So just know when it makes sense to simplify and know when you have to keep things complicated. I think one of the best ways for people who are starting something new to stand out or to, anyway, when I was in management, this is something that always caught my attention and always, regardless of the outcome, always made me feel a little bit better is how organized is someone. If yeah. you're super organized, even if you fail, if you're organized, you're probably not going to keep failing because you know where things are. You know what's happening. You have things in an orderly manner. You're put together. You'll eventually get it. So I think yeah. organization is a huge thing. So even if you're getting the outcome and you're doing it, is it something where people can follow along and see that you're doing it in an orderly way or in a cohesive way? Or are you just shooting at the hip and hoping to hit every once in a while? Yeah. I think the other thing that comes with organization is usually people who are organized are also consistent. So you know what to expect from them. You know when A happens, B is always going to happen. So and that's a simple way to simplify things too because um, like I'm trying to think of an example of my life. But I, you know, I know if you call me, I will always call you back. You don't have to leave a voicemail. So people have stopped leaving me voicemails. And they know that's just something that works for me because I'm just not going to check my voicemail. A lot of people are like that. But I will always call you back. Um, so that's an expectation. It's just a simple thing in my life that I do to make things simpler for everyone. That's good. I like that. And it yeah. saves you a bunch of time from having to listen to voicemails, which is something that I don't enjoy doing either. Oh, who does? Who does? So, yeah, yeah. It just feels like you're sitting there and you're like, yeah. okay, okay. And then I have to call you back anyway. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Never, thank you so just, much. Yeah. No, go for it. I was going to say, because if it's just an FYI, you're going to text me at this point. Right. So um, that's well, kind of how I feel. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny thing too, because being a millennial myself as well, I always yeah. tell people, look, if you need me, just text me. Even if you want to yeah. talk, just text me and then I'll exactly. call you. Because like, exactly. if you call me and I'm in the middle of a recording or I'm doing something else, whatever, I'm not going to answer. And yeah. I have this thing where I like to know what I'm walking into. I, it's mm -hmm. just me as a person. I like to be prepared. So even if I'm sitting like doing research or doing something that's not super important and you just call me out of the blue, there's probably a 30, 70 chance I'm not going to answer the phone. Yeah. Meaning 30% I'll answer, 70% I won't. Just because yeah. it's not on my schedule. I'm not prepared to have this conversation. And I would rather know, oh, so-and-so called. I'll call them back in an hour, but I'll be ready to talk to them then. 
Yeah. Or you can quickly text them back and be like, I'll call you in an hour. And then everyone has the right expectation. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer. Text me and then we'll make it happen. Good to know. Good to know, Mario. Good to know. People get some people get really mad about that, especially people that are older than me. They don't like that. They're like, well, they're they're not used to it. They just they're used to calling people and then picking up. I have no problem talking. I love talking (laughs) to people. I just have to be perfect. Like when we did this recording right now, when we're doing this podcast, we had a conversation before we did this. If we would have done this first, I wouldn't have felt right. I wouldn't have felt like I was ready. It wouldn't wouldn't have had rapport yet. I need to talk to you first. And that the conversations that we have have to be on my calendar. I have to know they're coming up. Oh, I'm talking to Jennifer at this time. Okay, I'm prepared for that now. Let's go do this. Yeah. Whereas if you just called me, it's like, uh, I'm not ready. Okay, good to Anyway, know. that's just Don't me. call Mario, people. Is what I think. Text, <laughs> text me text first, <laughs> then we'll talk. And then we'll chat. Yeah. Have All your right. people call my people. We'll <laughs> Jennifer, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. This has been so much fun, not only on this episode, but the last episode. I want to remind people where they can find you is at citrinesynergy.com. That link and all your socials are in the show notes. So make sure you connect with Jennifer. She'd love to hear from you. Uh, no need to leave her a voicemail. She will call you back. So remember that. Jennifer, thanks again. Let's do this again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Mario. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.